What's going on, everybody? It is May 10th on a Tuesday, and holy shit, what a weekend. I mean, if you didn't have seven TVs and five eyeballs, I don't know how you caught everything that happened over over the, the, the weekend that we had. I mean, we had boxing. We had the UFC. We had the NBA playoffs still going on. I mean, it was just fucking madness. Like, you could not watch everything that was going on it was just non-stop it was the greatest like one of the greatest sports weekends we could have had obviously there's no nfl so it can't be the greatest because yeah we already know nfl is the best fucking sport there is but that's here that we love all the sports right but damn i mean seriously though i mean you had and i'm not even a boxing guy but canelo goes down um that's huge i guess in the boxing world i know of canelo and how great he is and and all that stuff but i, I just Everyone was blowing up about him going down. Um, and then uh, the big UFC night that we're going get, to get into. I mean, it was just it was just crazy. Like, I, there was just so much going on. And it was awesome. Like, it's, it's, if that could be all the time, it'd be, it'd be amazing, right? So, um, I guess we're just going to dive right into it. We're, we're going to... Um, I want to start with the UFC. Holy shit, was that a great fucking... It had just the, the top end was it was really good. Minus there was uh, the one fight that you know everyone's talking about is <laughs> maybe one of the worst fights ever. That's neither here nor there. We're not gonna even, you know, we're not even gonna go go there with that one. But uh, the the ones I want to talk about, I mean, oh. the Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Holy fuck! What a fucking just what a kick by Chandler, right? The front kick to the chin. Oh my god! And it, it's crazy when I when I when I watch that fight, right? Tony Ferguson and, and Michael Chandler—they're in the same weight class. Obviously, they're fighting each other. But you look at one another; it's like they're not even the same. They shouldn't be. It looks like they shouldn't be. Michael Chandler is just a fucking tank, dude. I mean, he's a fucking just beast. In almost any fight he's in, it's just a, it's usually a pretty damn good fight. You don't want to miss a Michael Chandler fight because that dude is just. You can tell he takes the shit serious. He's there for the right reasons, and goddamn, it showed. I mean, Tony Ferguson's uh, a stud. Uh, I mean, and this was a just a stud fight. You knew something was gonna be great in this fight, and did I expect a a, a knockout like that? I mean, I I thought Tony Ferguson got. <laughs> I mean, he was sent to the fucking shadow realm with that kick. I mean, just a nasty right to the fucking chin. It was a beautiful kick. But it's just crazy to me how Taylor just looked so much bigger and stronger. I mean, you could tell it just in that first round, the ground control, he had it for, he'd had him down for two minutes, 29 seconds. I mean, they, they went at it toe-to-toe -to -toe for a minute, and then once Michael Chandler got into the ground, it was kind of like, oh, hold up. He's gonna he's just gonna ground and pound and then loosen him up and it only took 17 seconds into that next round when he he saw the opening and man that was that was a, a rough one to watch. This boy he just the best part was he gets kicked right goes down he's knocked out and Michael Chandler's doing like fucking flips multiple flips I mean he's fucked he was hyped and what he should be it was a great 
fucking win. But I mean, he's doing flips and all that, and wow. I mean, Cody Burgess is just laying there. I mean, he was slumped before he. It took him a minute to get up. I mean, he was slumped. That's one of those. That's one of those knockouts where you. That's a piece of you lost forever. You get knocked out like that. I mean, that's doing some kind of damage. I mean, that's just. Whew. But I mean, it was a great fight. The atmosphere was amazing. That the fans were awesome. I mean, they were all behind Tony Ferguson. You could hear the crowd there, Tony, doing the Tony chants, and whew, that was tough. That was tough to watch. Um, but those those guys are beasts. I mean, Tony Ferguson's just, he's one elite. Michael Chandler's elite. So. Two of the top guys going at it. That, that was just a great fight to have. Great fight to see. Uh, that's not how I thought it was going to go down at all. I mean, with that kick. Like that. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming. That was just wild. And that place erupted. Erupted. And they were they were all behind Tony. And, man, just that kick. Whew. Uh, what was even better than the fight, I mean, it might have been uh, Chandler's... Post-fight interview, he's up there with with Joe, and and he just starts doing his thing. Where he was all, I mean, he was amped up. I mean, you could tell he wanted that one. It, it just the just the way he was after the knockout. I mean, he was just he looked locked in. He just did everything right. But he he goes on to call out, you know, anybody and everybody. He's basically saying, "I want whoever, throw me whoever. I'm uh, I'm." Throwing them to the wolves, bring them to me. I, I will destroy. So I mean, that was hilarious. Hey, he's just calling out everybody, and then he's wanting you know Conor McGregor because who doesn't want Conor McGregor? You fight Conor McGregor, you you're making all kinds of money. That's no doubt. That's why those guys want want to fight Conor McGregor. That's why Conor McGregor keeps getting all these fights and you know talking about title fights. Obviously, I don't. He doesn't deserve a title fight, but. He makes the money, so the rules don't apply there. You know, when you make money like that, obviously he's the cash cow for him. But it's crazy to me that they're willing to just let him, you know, oh yeah, let's throw him back in there. But the people want to see it. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to watch Connor. We're polarized. He's just a polarizing figure. So we're, you know, anytime he fights, everybody wants to see him. But it just, I don't know. I don't want to see Michael Chandler fight Conor McGregor. Actually, I do. Okay, I lied. I do. I want to see that fight, but I think he deserves something better than, you know, a McGregor fight. While it'll it'll, it'll earn him a lot of money, and if that's what he wants to do, yeah, go do it. But I, I think he's better off. He, he deserves to get up there and get a shot. But there's a lot of a lot of routes they got to go and figure out now what they're gonna do. Because, um, We'll see as the you know cards unfold here, but I, I think the Chandler McGregor fight is is by no means is it going to be a bad fight. Would it be a bad fight at all? But I just and I'm a, and I like McGregor, but I, I just don't see the whole let's get McGregor in and he's been out and he, he doesn't fight nobody when he fights. He he's been losing, you know he's had these bad losses and the injuries and yada 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 and. I don't. I'm not trying to dog on him. He's a great fighter, but does he deserve a title fight? I, I don't think so. But 
let him come back and and I know Chandler's not going to be a title fight, but still, I don't know. I, I, I think he, I don't think he's going to fight anybody that's not a big name anymore. I think he's at a point to where he doesn't really need to fight anybody. Um, you know, he's the one that draws the crowd. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to come to him. And that's like what Chandler's calling him out, you know, I'll, I'll fight you, whatever. Let's make it happen. I'll, and he's probably thinking, I'll whoop your ass and, and get the big payday for it. So, I mean, it's, it's it, it is smart on his on, on him because it's not a lot like if he if he wins, they're not going to be looking at him like, okay, maybe he deserves a time shot. You know, he puts together a couple good wins like that. Everybody's going to be talking about. Him. And he's a polarizing figure himself. You see that interview? That was great. I love that interview. He was just you could just just the emotion. I love seeing people in whatever sports they they're in. Just you could tell they just love the game. To me, that that makes all the difference. If you have the the passion, it just makes a difference. The heart, you know, you can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't really give a fuck, you see it all the time. The players that you know, they're great, and they get to the you know they get to, they get all the way up to the highest level, and they kind of fall off. It's like, well, why didn't that guy? You know. What's going on with that guy? And sometimes it's just guys don't have that passion. And then when they get the money, they don't really need to. You don't care as much anyways, because it's you. The more you, you earn, the higher you get up. And that, that's a lot of people talk about that with Conor McGregor. It's like the more you get up and the more established you are, you kind of get complacent. That's with anything, really. I mean, you get to the highest stop. You think, OK, I'm doing good. you got to allow yourself to not get complacent. That's tough. So. You see it all the time, though. You get there. Oh, I made it. Oh, I can take a break now. And it's like you never really can take a break. You just you kind of take your breaks as you're going. But the process, you gotta you gotta love the grind, the process, or it, it's just not gonna pan out for you. I think it shows when when the passion is not there anymore. And in whatever sport, it just shows because you could still go out and have a you know great performance. Like McGregor goes out and he and he looks great. He looks. Ah, uh, you know, he's had his moments. It's not like he was just dog-walked in all of his fights that he had. The last few fights he's had. Because it's not. It's just, it's like, I don't know. You could tell when somebody's not there, you get to a certain point. You know, you got all the money. You could do all this and the private jets and the yachts. With, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And it's like, when then now fighting or whatever sport is not the main focus. It's got to be the main focus. Because... Everybody else that wants to get to the top, that's their main focus. A lot of these guys will eat, sleep, and, you know, they do this. And just because you do that doesn't mean you're going to be the best. But it, it certainly is going to give you an advantage over somebody that's just kind of like going through the motions. You know, they're just there. So, I don't know. We'll see what pans out from that. I thought it was it was a great fight. Um I, and then he said something about Gaethje, him fighting Gaethje. Man, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's just calling out everybody, even McGregor and all that stuff. I, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of question marks coming up now with the, what's going to happen. You know, a lot of fights to make and figure out and what's going to happen. It's 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 a loaded. It's loaded, man. These weight classes, you know, are just loaded. There's a few of them that are just 
There's we got some weight classes in the UFC that are like, ugh. Like to me, light heavyweight is like John Jones was carrying the light heavyweight unit. So it, you know, it's but it's cool to see Glover to share and all that, but uh and then some divisions are bland and then some divisions are just so oversaturated, it's like there's so many guys that deserve these fights. You know, you got the Makachev and you know it, Oh, you know, the, all these guys, both these divisions, talking about, uh, we're going to talk about the Gaethje and Oliveira next, but uh, it's so saturated, like, it, a lot of these guys, are, any of these guys can beat any of these guys, that's what's crazy, all these guys can beat up on each other, and then it's just, in any moment, you know, you never know who's going to come out, but there's certain guys that you just, you don't question, but man, it's, it's hard to watch Tony fight now i mean oh that's rough that was rough to, to see him get knocked out like that i i like tony ferguson great fighter um man that was just oof it was it's was, it was hard to see him get knocked out like that but you know michael chandler's a beast man you gotta give him credit he's a beast so and but that then that gets into the main event and boy, was there, you know, you had the whole drama behind this Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira fight, which I, I don't understand. I get it. And I never did wrestling, and, and I never had to do weight cuts and all this stuff, so I, I don't really, I can't speak on that too much. But from an outside looking in perspective, when it comes to like weight, making weight and stuff, or Half a pound, and I and I get it. He knows where he's supposed to be. They gotta do, do all this. But my my thing is, you're making these guys fight at these weights. The thing is, a lot of these guys will uh, they'll cut weight, make weight, and then after, yeah, you know, they just go put the weight back on. So it's like a a, a rah rah little thing. You know what I mean? I it's just like a a mirage type thing. To me, the way I see it, you have these guys make this weight, but right after, they're going to go right back to whatever, you know, weight they are, because they don't have to weigh in anymore. So, I mean, certain guys, like, uh, a lot of times with the heavyweights, you see here about this, like, you know, they make weight, they cut to make weight or whatever, and then they just put it back on to whatever their walking weight is, because you just got to make the weight for that day. So, I don't understand... You, 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 a half a pound, and then there's this whole deal about the the scales were off, and they're not, you know, where you see these videos out there where you, of these scales, and they're doing the tipping the scales, and it, it just seems too like what we're relying too much on on on, on how you want to say this, but kind of like on humans, basically. You know, it, we're, why do we not have just a digital scale? A lot of people are calling for digital scales. Let's get a digital scale. What it is, is what it, I mean, it is what it is. You know, you get yourself a, a nice digital scale. You get on there. Okay, that's what you are. Why do we have the old, old-fashioned scales where that could be skewed uh, easily? You know what I mean? But I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. You're, you're stripping the guy of his, of his thing. He's, he's had to forfeit some of his purse winnings. Um, he stripped him of the title. So now he goes into this fight where Justin Gaethje can win it. Charles Oliveira can't. 
the only if he wins, he then is the number one contender for a vacant title. So the title is stripped. No one holds the title, but everyone knows. Oh, okay, Oliveira's. We 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 see him as a champion. So it's like, what are we doing? It's like this little rah rah show. This is what you know. You gotta do the thing. I get it. He's got to make the weight. Everyone knows. You know, a lot of guys will go. Oh, as a champion, you got a higher standard to hold, and you gotta. Okay, I get it. A, it's a half a pound. I mean, maybe that doesn't. Maybe that is a bigger deal than what it is. Maybe it's just the principle. Hey, you're supposed to be making weight. But. For something like this, this has got to be a, a different way. We got to find out a, a better way than this. This, I mean, if he if he was off by a, a couple pounds or something, and even if he wasn't, it, it, what's it matter? You know what I mean? I have a hard time going in on this. It's just I don't know. I just it just seems like it, it tainted the fight for whatever reason, and it was still a great fight. It didn't even affect the outcome of the fight, I don't think. But it just why even go down that? You know, go down that alley for what reason so i don't know i just i don't care for the whole way they, they did handle that like we got to find a better look into that find a better what about digital scales what's the different why can't we use digital scales what's the knock on that you know versus the, the other scales but so anyway to get to the fight and it was great i mean they just for as short as it was, they packed so much action into that fight. Uh, it was one of the things where you thought at any moment this thing's done. Because Gaethje's in there early. You know, he's swinging for the fences. And he came out, got an early knockdown on on uh, Oliveira. And Oliveira was doing the thing where he was kind of like... He'd go down and he'd be like, come on. So it's almost like he was like, hey. I wonder if he was almost kind of like, oh, I'll go down a little bit here. You know, there was a second knockdown that he had. That he kind of just went down and he's just baiting him. He's like, come on, man. And Gaethje didn't want to know part of it. I, he knew. You could tell by watching that fight. He knew. He wanted no smoke at all with Charles Oliveira on the ground. Because why would you? The dude has the most submissions in UFC history, 15. How are you going to go to the ground with that guy? That dude's a monster on the ground. Maybe truly is. So why would you? I so I that must have been the game plan. You know, stand the beat, let's just power him. And they thought they had the advantage uh standing. And you would th you think so. I mean Gaethje's just a big tough dude. I mean he's he is. He he's got power like no other. His chin like no other. And so I'm assuming their their game plan had to have been coming in. Hey, we're gonna go in and um, stand toe to toe with, with Charles Oliveira. He's not gonna be able to hang, and we'll 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 get this done. You know, just be careful on the ground. And it actually didn't go that way. Charles stood toe to toe. He wanted to go on the ground. Yes, kind of made him in, but then Charles Oliveira hits him with a clean. Straight right jab, which sat Gaethje down, and as soon as Gaethje hit the ground, it, you could see it, you know, like at that moment, he starts going down, he starts getting on the ground, he's like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's gonna pounce on me, and I don't know if I'm gonna get out of it, 
you, you just see it because he was like, oh, I need to hurry up. And as soon as Oliveira got him down, he jumped on it. I mean, he was on it like white on rice. So, um, you just, I don't know. It, it was, he gets on him and he's just fucking beaten. And he tried to get the back. So he's trying to get a, a triangle hold at first. And Gaethje was able to get out of it. And he thought, okay, here we go. He's back up. He's going to get up. And as soon as he thought he was going to get back up, Oliver gets gets back behind him and then gets a rear naked choke. And he gets he gets his arm under the chin. And, and oh, I mean, everybody knew once that happened, it was done. Uh, so, man. Wild. Because Gaethje, I mean, it, it just, he kind of got sloppy. He, what led into him getting knocked down, you, you watch it, and he just started getting sloppy. He was just, like, throwing haymakers. It's just like, it's early in the fight. It's not like, it, you know, it's the last round, and you, you know how last round guys just start swinging when they, they you know, they want to just give it all they got and leave it all in the octagon. But it's wild because he was just, just swinging for the fences, and it didn't make sense. It's early in the fight. Why are you swinging like that? It just, you know, he slipped at one point, swinging so hard. It's just, uh, I don't know. Gaethje just looked like he was just going to come out here and think he was just going to throw two punches and knock Oliveira back. I don't know. It just seemed like he wasn't too prepared, really. That's my only knock on Gaethje. Is I think he'd take him to the ground. He's done for. That dude wants to stand up and just and just go at you and and it works for him a lot of the times, but because he's got so much power, I almost he's just uh, he's just got a weakness, a flaw. It, it's a bad matchup for him against Oliveira. It really is. It's not a good matchup at all for him. Um, he he's great against uh, he'd be great against like a McGregor, you know. Poirier fights, those were good. I mean, it's just, it, but uh, against Charles Oliveira, it's just not a good fit because Oliveira is one of the best ground guys. And now he's starting to get his standing game, so it's it's all coming together for him right now. Like this is his moment, this is prime, this is his time, and you know you hate to see that he gets dinged, you know, on his first title defense. You hate to see him get dinged like that. No, he, not even a defense. You know what I mean? That sucks. So, but that's it is what it is. But you know, he came out and he handled it great. Because to come into a fight, you got to have a lot of mental strength to come into a fight. You get stripped of your title. You're forfeiting your winnings. Some of your winnings. I don't know how much. But you're forfeiting some of your winnings. Maybe assignment a lot. Maybe it doesn't affect them. But either way. And then, on top of it, you know, you're going out in this big UFC main event, blah, blah, blah. And the only way you come out is you come out the number one contender. Oh, well, to, have, to be able to go in there and not, like, to not have that affect you, you got you to be mentally strong. Because... That's a, that seems like a bit tough situation to go into. Like, yeah, I can't really win anything. I mean, I can win, beat this guy, but it doesn't, uh, I'm not the champion. 
he is a champion. We know he's a champion. So now it's just wild. Who are they going to put up against? Now they have this big thing of who is going to go fight him for that title. So, uh, and you could put anybody there. I just, hmm. It's tough, and and you look at the division. So if you look at <clears throat> the standings, you know, or whatever. If you want to go off the standings here, now Oliver is the number one contender. Dustin Poirier is behind him. These are the rankings, but we know McGregor. He's gonna get a shot. You, you just, I just almost feel like this is this is gonna be an Oliver McGregor thing next. I I, I just. I think Dana White sees this as an opportunity, knowing him and the relationship he has with McGregor. Not that I know Dana White, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, I just think him and and I just see him throwing McGregor in there because if McGregor wins a title, if he somehow wins, then his cash cow is the champion again. You know what I mean? And... He wants to give McGregor all the title shots he can because he's going to milk McGregor until he can't fight no more. He's he's a big draw. And you see it. You see with the other guys, too. You see with, like, the Jorge Masvidal. You know, everybody likes Masvidal. So, you know, he can, he can win a fight, but he's not beating anybody. I mean, who, what, look at his, his fights lately. He's just he's, he's not beating nobody. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, who are they going to throw? I, I like Makachev. I think that would be a good fight with Oliver. Um, you know, Poye now. You know, all these guys want it. I think it's going to be McGregor. And the, the word is Makachev going to be fighting uh, Darush. That's who uh, they kind of want in there. That's what uh, Dana White's kind of leaning towards. He wants the Makachev-Darush fight. Um now you got Michael Chandler, you know, his performance that he just had, where does he fit into this? I think he deserves a shot, obviously. I mean, Poirier would make sense, too. You know, you have another Poirier fight. I, so, it, it can go anywhere. I, I, I like any of these fights. I like Oliver and Poirier. I like Oliveira and Chandler. I'd like to see it. So I don't care. I'd see. I'd, I'm. If they made the Oliveira McGregor fight, fucking have to watch that fight. What? Who's not gonna watch that fight? So I mean, really, they they can't go wrong. I, if if I was to bet right now, I'm gonna say Oliveira and McGregor are gonna fight. For the, the, he's gonna McGregor's gonna be the first one to get the, the the shot at it because now it's an open competition. They they can, you know, sweeten the way out to kind of make it look like, oh, McGregor does kind of deserve this now. I mean, he's, you know, all these guys are losing. Yada yada yada. Come on, we know why you're putting McGregor in there, and I'm not complaining because I will watch that. So you know what I mean. I, I I'm glad. uh I'm glad they're getting 
I'm just so excited. As a fan of the UFC, that lightweight division, man, is fun. The welterweight division is fun. The middleweight division is fun. I mean, these divisions, I mean, UFC is just, is, is, they got it, they got it going on. So, yeah, I just get excited about these, these guys going at it. Um, I think it's just crazy that tops, all these guys are beating each other. Poirier, just, that just shows you how, how close the competition is in that lightweight division. How close they, those guys are. I mean, anyone, all those guys are beating each other up. So, either way, they can't go wrong, I don't think. I don't think they can mess it up too bad. I, I'm down for the McGregor fight, if that's what they end up going with. I, I would totally be down with it. I'd be down with Makhachev if they put Makhachev up there. Let's see that. I don't think that's going to happen. Um... But we'll see. I, I I would love my. I think Michael Chandler is deserving. You know, why not give him the shot? So we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. I, I just it was a great event. Is is top heavy for sure. Um, I didn't get to see all the fights, but I did go back and and really dive in deeper on these. And I. I I don't know, man. Charles Oliveira, I think, is at his prime. I think it's all coming together for him. You know, he's always had the ground game, but now he's adding that the standing game, and he's not afraid. He was not afraid by any means because J Justin Gaethje is the guy that will come in and knock your fucking block off. No questions about it. That dude has some fucking power. But I think Oliveira knew. He knew, like, yeah, that's your one fucking claim to fame. You're going to try to fucking... Knocked me out, and he, he was swinging like goddamn Babe Ruth. It just—it was just sloppy. So, really, I think I think Justin Gaethje needs to, he for him his next thing. He's gonna have to take a a step back. Uh, he's gonna have to come back, and you know he's had title shots now, and he couldn't get either of them. So, let him go back, and he needs to really work on it before he before I want to see him even contend. I need I, not to dog. I mean, he's a great. Thing, but just the what what he showed, what he showed there, it just it didn't look. He had every reason to come out and just destroy Oliver. I mean, Oliver had all that, all the all the pressure was on Oliver. All that stuff's going on him, and it just seemed like it was his fight to lose. And boy, he gave it up quick. Oh, so we we got some good stuff coming from the UFC next uh, in those in that division for sure. It's gonna be exciting. I think the end of the year. Once we get towards the end of the year, there's going to be some bangers to end of the year. So, all right, now we got the NBA playoffs. So, let's start with the. Okay, actually, no. Let's start with this. I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. So, last time I said these series are panning out the way everyone could see it pan out and, and the way I thought it was going to pan out. You know, the, the teams are, the, the top teams are beating, you know, there's two series that are good, two series that are bad. And boy, could I not have been any more fucking wrong about that. Let me tell you. All these series are, are tied except for the Warriors Grizzly. They're all tied to two. They're all now great series except for the Warriors Grizzlies, which don't get me wrong. We'll get into that. It's a good series. 
But what I'm saying is, as part as competitive as the others, it's you could tell in that series that one's a little one-sided. But that's that's we'll get to that. But with the Celtics and Bucks, man, um, that game three. So we'll we'll start game three. Game three was wild. That last minute, right? So they go to shoot the free throw and they're down. Um. They're down by two. Mark Smart's going to shoot a free throw. He's got to get uh, the rim. He's got to hit the rim and get a chance to, to get it up there. That's, they got like four seconds, I believe it was, left. And he got it. He hit, he hit it off the the rim, had a chance at it, gets a putback, and they just missed like three putbacks. And finally, Horford got it in late. He got it in. They reviewed it, and he his hand was still on the ball when it, it came out. So... Uh, I think they were these. This is the to me. This is the closest series. I think these two teams are um, really coming together at the right time. And it's just either one can can win this game. And it's almost it almost feels now like whoever wins this series is kind of going to come out as the favorite in the East. You almost you almost lean that way, but. I know Giannis had 42, 12, and 8. Holiday, 25, 7, and 3. Um, 12 boards, 8 assists for Giannis. Um, and, and to me, watching that game, the game 3, Giannis just, they just, he just bullied. That was one of them games where he just, he just bullied. And uh, you could say that about almost any game because his, the way he plays, he's just, he's just, he makes everybody else look Billy, like he he look makes everybody else look like they're they're tiny. It, it's 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 we're watching greatness. Don't take don't take uh, Giannis on Sakumbo for granted because you see that guy, he can dunk. You know when most times you know guys are guarding him and he makes a little move, he can reach and just dunk it. Or most guys are like they're gonna have to do a layup. It's just the, his how big he is, how strong he is. He's just too physical. For Al Horford, can't go guard him at all. There's just Al Horford is, you know, him and Giannis is just simply a mismatch. You can't have Horford guard him. So anytime Horford's on him, he's just going down and he's just bullying him. You know what I mean? It's just he's just bully balling it. And I don't know if anybody one on one can can really guard Giannis, right? I mean, he's just a a, a big, strong, athletic guy. You got to make him. You got to make him shoot, which he's not. He knows how to get to a spot. He knows where he can get to where he wants to get at, at any moment. And you can't, you're not going to shut him down. The only thing you can do is slow him down. You got to make the other guys miss. The other guys around him miss. And really make those guys uh, beat you. And right now, it's uh, without Middleton, it's kind of, they're in a kind of a, a tough spot. You know, they're relying on, you know, Drew Holly's got to step up now. And he's probably going to be your second guy. You know, Lenny Lopez and, <clears throat> and you know, Conton. They, they got all them guys. Have to, everyone has to fill their roles. You know, the three-point shooters got to shoot. <clears throat> that's how the Bucks operate. That's how. That's why they're so good. It's because Giannis is going to draw all the attention. All you need to do is put great pieces around him. And they have good shooters. That's why they're the defending champions. Because it works well. I think teams, you see it now... With these these teams 
in the um, in the playoffs now. Uh, to me, the two big things are the the, the bigs. You, you have a great big, and that you can go off of. I, I like a team that has a great big and then has shooters around. You know, that's the same thing like LeBron does. LeBron James is it's a very similar game to Giannis, except for you know. He, he shoots a little better. But as far as driving in and he's looking to kick it out and find guys, that's, you get a LeBron and you get great shooters around him to make him better. Instantly, they're going to be better. They're going to get shots. They're going to be open. You know, they're going to have their opportunities. So the same thing with Giannis. You bring him in, he he draws, you know, sometimes he's got four guys on him. I mean, it's crazy. It, you know, and you have to build a wall just to stop this guy. And even then, it doesn't work. So it's like, he's going to get his points. He's going to do his thing. It's just, are the other guys going to step up or are they not? And that's where you have to make the Bucks beat you. You have to make the Bucks beat you with other guys. Because if you have off nights, if Drew Holiday you know, doesn't show up, if some of these guys don't show up, it's all on Giannis. And now with no Middleton... Um, it's really on Giannis, you know what I mean? So it's these other pieces have to step up. They have to play. And at the end there, I'll give credit for Drew Holiday. This is what I, I like about this. Drew Holiday guarded by Jason Tatum, right? He's backing down. He gets in. It's it's uh, He's what made it 103 to 100 at the end. He drives in. There's a little, you know, they, they guard him. And Celtics have one of the best defense. They're the best defensive team. Jason Tatum. I mean, these guys are great defenders. And Drew Holiday held his own. He got in there and he got the, the floor to the roll and got it to go in. And and that's what you need. You know, you need guys to step up. You know, it, it shouldn't all be on Giannis. And that's that's how these guys work so well. So and then you go to game four. And oh my goodness, what a game. Al Horford. Went off. It was like it was like he he didn't enjoy getting bullied game three and was like, okay, I got something for you. All right, you, you want to go down and do all this? I got something for you. And he has a career playoff high, 30 points. Now Horford's been around. He's 35 years old. He has been in the league. He's been in a lot of good series, you know, going back to the Hawks. Um, he, he's just he's he's a great player in this league for a long time. And the fact that he was just, I mean, I'd never seen a Horford go off like that. I mean, that was crazy. Um, but him, he was he was huge. 30 points. Um, Tatum, he was doing his thing. He had those two carried, uh, each having 30. Um, and the, it, it was wild to me because the Bucks were leading. They go into the fourth quarter. They're down by seven. The Celtics are down by seven. And him and Tatum shoot 11 for 12 from field goals in fourth quarter. Almost perfect. 28 points in the fourth quarter. They just had it going. They took over. Those two took over. And usually you think of the, the with the Celtics, you got the duo, Brown and Tatum. Sometimes Brown has his nights, you know, where he falls off on the scoring. And I want to say, with that, 
you almost you almost have to say some nights he's not going to be 30 for you know he's not going to give you all these all these points cuz i think he's more the he's more of a defensive guy don't get me wrong no he will score he has the ability to score they have a great duo there and i don't think they should go away from that duo i think they work well i think boston has a really good team they work well together but it's great teams don't rely on just a couple players. Hence the word great teams. You have Al Horford. He steps up. You're gonna have each night you're gonna have you have your you have your stars, what you expect from them. You expect great things from them all the time. Those are just stars. Then you gotta you gotta have role players. You gotta have and, and a role player can be an Al Horford. Big time name. But he's not the star. He's not Jalen Brown. He's not Jason Tatum. He's not Marcus Smart. He's not even Marcus Smart. You know, defense player of the year. But those guys are great pieces to have. Because look at this. Al Horford. That just shows how well he, he keeps himself ready. At 35 years of age, could come out and have a 30-point night. And they needed it. They truthfully needed it. Every time the, the Bucks were trying to come back, they were silencing. They were like, the Celtics were like, no, it's over. You're not going to come back. We're taking this. They just look like they wanted it more. They're like, no, nah, we ain't going down 3-1 because they they know they're the champs. They can close us out anytime. So, like, we're not going down 3-1. The Celtics just look like they refused. Like, they were not going to, to lose. No matter what it took to win that game, they were going to win that game. And they did a great job because <clears throat> the the – the Bucks just couldn't stop them. I mean, it's just plain and simple. They could not stop. I mean, I don't know if anybody could have stopped them. The way Al Horford was playing, how do you game plan for that? <laughs> if you, if, you know, if I come in and say, hey, yeah, Al Horford and Jason Tatum are gonna have 28 points in the fourth quarter, and they're only gonna miss one shot, and they're gonna close you guys out and stop you, even though you have the best player in Giannis, doesn't matter. They're gonna take care of you. I'd be like, yeah, Al Horford? Yeah, okay. But no, he did. I mean, they, these guys are just, I mean, you can tell they're just well coached. <clears throat> um, as a group, they, they are, are well meshed. And I think that's, you, you almost go back to a few years ago when they had Kyrie, and he kind of was like, I'm not going to play. And they almost, they almost, Went that year. If I if I'm if I'm mistaken, it was the Eastern Conference Finals. He went to the Game Seven. So, you know this team is good. It's like you go back to them. It's like they they just they they mesh. They're they. It's like they they buy into each other. They got each other's backs, and you see it on the court. You see them as the Celtics are a great team. Where some teams just have great players. And that, in that, you think they're a great team? No, you gotta have a, you gotta, you gotta have the pieces. You look at some of these teams, like, um, for instance, Miami. How deep Miami is? Now we'll get to them. My my Heat. We we gotta talk about that. But you know, also the Suns. Look at the Suns. How deep they are. And to me, I think the Warriors are another great. Are another great. They're deep, but. I don't. I think they have a weakness, but they're deep. All these teams that are are here now is because they they have great pieces around. 
And with the Bucks, it always it always gets me with the Bucks. I never understand how well this works. It just shows how great Giannis is. Because I never understood how you know that Giannis is gonna what they're gonna do. Like it's it's a game plan. You know what's gonna happen. And he still does it to you every time. That's how you know he is the best player in the NBA right now. That's how that I that's how you know that. I, I've I hear a lot of Kevin Durant, LeBron James, what about Joel Embiid, you know, Joker, he's the MVP back-to-back, nobody's talking about him, no, Joker's great, but the Joker is, that's where I will, uh, I will go with and say the whole team thing, gotta have a team, and they had injuries, but that's either here or there, um, but it just shows you Giannis is the best player, because every game you go into you know exactly what Giannis and the Bucks want to do. It doesn't change. It doesn't waver. Nothing is different about how they play. They go, Giannis is going to go down there. He's going to score on anybody that guards him. And you're not going to stop him. And you're not going to do anything about it. You can just hope and pray that you slow him down. And then he's if you start to do that, he's got his shooters. He's got his Grayson Allens. He's got his... Pat Connaughton's, you know, he's got his Drew Holidays, and it doesn't matter. And for Chris Middleton's, it doesn't matter because he's just that damn good. I think he's just that much better than anybody on the court. And not to take away from anybody else, he's just, we haven't seen anything like him, I don't think. I can't think of any player in the NBA that I could compare him to because he's just so. He's a big man, but he's not a traditional big man. When I think big men, like back in the day, big men, and you see it now, you know, with like the Joel Embiid's and DeAndre Aydens, give me the ball in the post, pick and rolls, go up, you know, uh, back you down, work on, you know, post you up, and he's not that. He will do that. He will back you down, but he's just like, I. he's best when he gets the ball, he comes down, and he's just going to drive on. And he's he's too quick. He's too strong. And you can't do nothing about it. He's just like LeBron James. LeBron is just too big, too strong to do anything about it. But Giannis is a, is an, a tier above that. He's bigger and stronger. It's just that dude's going to get to the hole. And he's like, stop me if you dare. You're either going to foul me or I'm going to make the shot. And most of the time, <laughs> that's what happens. So this is a hell of a series. You can't go wrong watching any of these series. If you're not, if you're not watching the Celtics Bucks, though, I, I I'm biased because I'm a Heat fan. You know, I'm on Miami Heat. I don't care. The Celtics Bucks. Every time that's on, I'm glued to the TV because it, they're just so evenly matched. They're, they're different styles, but they're very evenly matched because you have the best. You have the best player in the league, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then you have the best defensive team. Team. They're the best defensive team. That is a recipe for success. I mean, just a great series. So, I, I'm loving it. And the Celtics aren't going to back down from nobody. The defending champs aren't going to back down from nobody. They're the fucking defending champs for a reason. So, if you're not watching the Celtics Bucks, you need to be watching the Celtics Bucks. Because every game is like, what the fuck? Especially the end. The endings are always wild. I mean, it's just, just a great game. So now, let's get to Warriors Grizz. And this this series, I want to I want to say just 
I think it's it's a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now is more off the court with this series, which is kind of like a. I just think this one's. It's just been plagued by the, you know, with the jaw and the Dylan Brooks injury. You know, it's just all these injuries and the break in the code and all that. So, I don't know. You know, you look at game three, the Warriors just shoot him out of the gym. I mean, that's just fucking insane. 142 bomb on him. What the fuck? You ain't gonna beat nobody. Uh, <laughs> you ain't gonna beat nobody. Uh, 142 points they're putting up on you. That's, that's, ooh. That's wild. Um, yeah, they didn't have Dylan Brooks because of the flagrant two foul. Odd Gary Payton. The second. And he hit him. He came down with the, the smack on the head. And, you know, that that's where that all breaking the code came from with Steve Kerr. And, and yeah, I don't know. I, I've watched that, that, that attempt to block was he was he really trying to hurt him? I think it's blown up now because he got hurt and is injured, and they and and they know he gets suspended for it. He gets suspended for game three because of that. But come on, I don't think was he meaning to? Did he go? I'm gonna smack this dude upside his head when he goes up. For, I don't think so. But he's he does. I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, it's like it's this. It's stuff happens. But anyways, then he gets hurt and injured, and, and so Dylan Brooks gets suspended. Um, and they, they just they just shot him out. They didn't stand a chance. Grizzlies just looked like they just weren't there. And then at the end of the game three, Ja gets hurt. Um, Jordan Poole, they're trying to steal the ball from him. He's double teamed. He's trapped at the center court. I mean, they're trying to steal the ball from him. And you see the vi you watch the video and Jordan Poole's trying to grab the ball and it looks like he like scrapes at his knee, which I don't know that it looked weird, but at the same time is that intent? I don't think so. They're like, hey, take out Job Morant's knee. I highly doubt that that's what they're going for. You know what I mean? I I don't think it was intentional. And now he's so he's out for game four. He's injured. And. They're like, great. You don't think there's a chance in hell they're going to win without Ja. But I, I, I just, that whole, I've seen the video of him swiping at the ball and he gets his knee, but it didn't look like much. If I'm being honest, it doesn't look like much. And then they, he, but he has to sit out. He's hurt. He's injured, right? So Ja's out. So that leads us into game four. Um, and the, the whole, Deal with the Grizzlies not having Ja. You're thinking, I thought for sure this game's blowout city. And it's almost like the Warriors came out sluggish because they didn't think it would take much. I don't know. Maybe they didn't think it was going to take much. Like, I didn't. I don't think it would be much to take them out. And, no, it was not the case. I mean, it was a very close game all the way to the end. And the Warriors were just, like, playing with them. And you watched the game, it was close, but it was almost like the Grizzlies, you never really felt like the Grizzlies had, were going to win that game. The way they were playing down the stretch, I mean, they just, they just, they just seem outmatched in every sense of the way. It's like a Dave versus Goliath kind of thing, is how I look at it, but with them, because, um, 
with them not being able to do do much. I mean, they just they're too young. They just seem younger. They just seem like the the little brother and the you know the Warriors have been through this. You know, they, these guys have been through all this, all the runs they've had against the Cavs and all that stuff. So I mean, it, it is what it is there, but it's like they could tell they just seem like they're not quite on the same level, and they just they played like they didn't towards the end. So you know, you get thirty two from Curry. Um, Clay was kind of off. I thought Clay had an off night. He looked like, you know, he wasn't there. But how fully healthy. It's like he's kind of off and on. And even Draymond. I mean, Draymond had two points. But Draymond gives you more. You don't you don't just sit there and talk about Draymond for scoring and all his assists. You look at Draymond and um, he gives you more than just that. The energy he gives. I, I, I love Draymond. He's he's a glue guy. You know that term, the glue guy. He is their glue guy. He is, you know, he does the dirty work. He's a little, you know, a little much at times. You know, he's he, but he gives you everything. I love that about it. I wouldn't trade that for nothing because that dude, you could tell, wants to win. He Every game he goes in, he's just going to lay it all on the line. And you, you see it. You're just watching him. You can see it. The emotions pour out of him. And I can relate to that. So when I see somebody like that, I love to see that. I love to see somebody just, for the name of the game, they just love it. And they take it serious. And you look at Draymond, he's undersized against Jaron Jackson. He's undersized. At his position, anyways, he's undersized, right? So it's all heart with that dude. It really is all heart with that dude. You think, oh, he ain't I am just heart. You can't do that. No, no, no. That dude is all heart, and he's he's a, a glue guy that you gotta have. Most teams like that gotta have. You gotta have a guy like that. And on the Grizzlies side, at the end, let's. I gotta talk about this ending. Okay, this is where I say I was saying the Grizzlies look like they're just not the on the same. I don't know the tier, same tier as the the Warriors because. They just looked like they were the inexperienced team. Dylan Brooks all night was just... His shot was off. His shot was off. He missed some open shots, and and he just he just wasn't... Some, some bad shots he was taking. And even some good shots. He was getting wide open shots, and he just wasn't hitting them. Threes weren't there. He, he, he just wasn't hitting it. Um, and it was almost like he's kind of over... Maybe he's overcompensating. You know, hey, I got, I got to come back and I got to leave this team jaws out. It's maybe he felt like it's, you know, I got, uh, uh, I got to step up because I'm the reason, you know, I got suspended. Maybe he was trying to overcompensate. I don't know, but it just seemed like he was just too much and he just wasn't on at all. At some point, you got to realize I'm not quite having the night I thought I was gonna have. You gotta, you gotta in the moment say, you know. I gotta, I gotta provide some other way. I gotta help this team some other way. You know, he's known for his defense. This is a great two-way player. You know, not great. I'm sorry. He's a good two-way player, up-and-coming guy. But he's not known. He's known for his defense, rather. So I. That's one of the things where okay, you're not having a good night. Let's find it. And they, they just look lost. They look like they needed a leader. 
Then they're missing jaw, and it, it showed. It's like they're missing jaw, and they didn't know what to do at the end. <clears throat> Crunch time came, and everybody's looking around like, well, jaw's on the bench. Who do we give the ball to? So then Dylan Brooks is thinking <clears throat> he needs to take over. He tried. And I'll give you credit. I I'll give him credit here because at the end, right at the end, the Warriors were up three. They're fouling Curry. And they're down three. They come out. And Dylan Brooks gives him a little pump fake at the three. And then cuts the hoop. Cuts it within one. <clears throat> you know, so then they're still going to play the foul game. But where they messed up is... After that, after that Dylan Brooks shot, he goes in, lays it off the glass. They didn't get set. They allowed them to inbound the ball immediately to Curry. And that's where the championship pedigree stuff kind of comes in. Been there, done that. We know what we're doing here type thing. Where the Grizzlies, they're, they're new. They're the, they're the new kids on the block. And they had to take their lumps right there. That's a That right there, they will go back. And I, and I know it's circumstances are different with Ja out, but they will, as a team, they'll go out, go back and look at that, and and at that moment say that's where we we should have tightened up. Because if you can, you don't want it in Curry's hands. He's a career ninety percent free throw shooter. On the season, he's ninety two percent. He goes to the line, he's making them. You know what I mean? So you don't want to send, you don't want that to the line. So they didn't even, they didn't. They weren't quick enough after they made that bucket to bring it within one to 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 fend off Curry. They allowed it to inbound it to Curry, and what does he do? He he gets fouled and you know, automatic. So now you're down three. So it was a great job of, oh, they're gonna think we're gonna shoot three. Let's fake it get to go get to the cup. And Brooks makes it. He was excellent. So I'll give him credit for not 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 giving up at all. That dude was there the whole time, even though he was missing missing some threes. I think he just just needed to stop shooting at some point. At some point, you gotta go. Damn. Okay, I need to stop shooting threes. It's not there tonight. Let let me let me find another way to to help out. And that drive and cut was great. But then they didn't they didn't stop Turi. So excellent job. That was more so a credit to them. And the Grizzlies will learn from this. They'll go back and go. Yeah. Okay, guys. Hey, this is a learning moment. When we do this, this is what needs to happen. And then, but they still get a chance, right? Curry makes both free throws. They're down three again. They come down, and they have 13 seconds on the clock when Jaron Jackson puts up a three. What? Why? He was 0 for 7 from threes. I didn't. I didn't understand. He had it going inside. He was. He was bullying him. He's the bigger guy. He has the advantage. So why he doesn't use that? I mean, when he was going inside and scoring inside, he was great. But it's like he was like. Like, he thought he was auditioning to be the third fucking Splash Brother. He said, like, oh, Clay's been off. I'm going to be the new Splash Brother since we're playing you guys. It was like, he's trying to shoot three. He's like, why? I get it. You, you know, that's where the league's going, you know, with the Cats, the Carl Anthony Town, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, all these guys. Joker and all these guys that can shoot and do all this, but big men that can do more than just be big men. But you got to know your role. You got to know the situation. You're 0 for 7. Going into that shot, you're 0 for 3. It's a bad shot anyways. Even if, if it was an open shot, sure, take it. It's an open shot. But I think, I thought it was too early in this, the offense. They they didn't even really, did, they inbounded the ball, and it, you could tell, okay, they wanted Jaron Jackson to shoot. Hey, he's the best player, give it. And Jaron Jackson's like, fuck it, heave it. And it was like some backyard bullshit shot. And it was with 13 seconds left. He didn't need to. It was ill-advised. Totally ill-advised. Just 13 seconds left. Get into your set. Find the best shot. And, and and I know there's two ways of thinking. You can either 
use up as much of the time as you need to 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 find the best open shot. But man, when you got three guys on you, there was three warriors on him, and instead of giving it up, he shoots it, and Draymond Green, Draymond Green gets a piece of it. Doesn't back down from him, undersized, gets in him, blocks the shot. And essentially it's over from there, you know, that's it. But why is Jaron Jackson taking that three? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I think he'll look back on it. He's probably looked back on it already and go, yep, that, I, I should have done that. That was, why'd I do that type of thing? It, he'll, he'll sit there and, and look at it and he'll learn from it. He's got to learn from it. And, and that's where, this is a great series for the Grizzlies. Even if, the, if they don't win, it's a great series for this team to to go back on and, and look at what we did wrong and they, what some of the stuff they did good. But there's there's some stuff they're going to go back and go, yeah, yeah, we we, we got to change this up. We, 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 we didn't do this the way we should have and whatnot. So I think they're, they're going to learn from this series. I think it's over. If I'm the Grizzlies, I don't even know if I put Ja in there. If he truly is, something's wrong with his knee, there's no way I'm putting Ja Moran in there. Because, look, they're down 3-1 now. Only 19 teams have, have come back from 3-1 deficit. We know this. Um, and it's just... I don't know if I'm sick of Ja out there. Your franchise guy, your money, you know, he he's your guy. You're building block for the next years to come. I'm not sick of him out there for what? You're down three one. Even if he is out there, are you, you're gonna win. You're gonna win three games with him now. Three straight games you're gonna win. Uh I don't like that. And if he actually is injured, if it's a serious knee injury, I'm not questioning the validity of his knee injury. If it's if it really is, what I'm saying is, if he's injured as I think he is injured, and any type of injury to his knee, even the smallest little thing, I'm not sticking him out there. I'm not risking getting him hurt. For what? Nah, nah, not me. So, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the type that is like, I'll oh, throw the towel, you lost. Pessimist. No. Go out there, you give it everything you got. But if he is not 100, I don't care if he's 99%. If he's not 100%, I'm not sticking Ja out there. It's just point blank, period. But by no means am I saying should the Grizzlies just, oh, we lost. No, fuck that. You go out there and you fucking take it to him. And you fucking, you, you come back 3-1 if you're the Grizzlies. You say, fuck that. We didn't have John, we, and we had Lula had no Dylan Brooks. He was injured, and we still fucking beat your ass. If that's that's my mindset from the Grizzlies, but I'm not putting Jaw out there if he's if he's even a question. He's hurt. No, not happening. Oh boy, and then you got the Suns. I'd back up. I I'll be the first to admit, totally wrong about this series. These next two series, totally wrong. Couldn't have been more wrong. Couldn't have been more fucking wrong in my life. I thought the Suns Mavs was done for, and I thought the Heat 76ers was done for. But first, Suns Mavs. Game four. Um the whole team was off, other than on the Suns. The whole team was off except for Booker. He had 35 points. Um Chris Paul just had an off night. Um, and we'll kind of get into why. <laughs> Part of what was going on, not why he had an off night, but, you know, added on top of it, the, the antics after the game. But let's talk about the game first. Uh, he just was off. He, he just didn't look like himself. He had an off night. It is what it is. And it with a team like that, though, like the Suns, he has an off night. 
they got enough guys that should step up. And I'm looking at one guy in particular. If Chris Paul is having an off night, they have plenty of guys to step up and fill the void. And DeAndre Ayton's got to step up. Point blank, period. I don't care. That dude cannot have fucking 14 points and 11 boards. If he is who he says he is, he can't have 14 points and 11 boards. And I am a DeAndre Ayton fan. And I like the dude. Because he's that old school, get down and just bully ball. But there's a difference between DeAndre Ayton and the other bigs in this league. I like the the um the MBs, the Giannis, you know, those guys, the Jokers. There's there's a whole big difference. He's not on that tier. Because if he was on that tier, he's not when CP3 is not playing well, he's not giving me 14 points and fucking 11 rebounds. I'm sorry, but that dude's got to step the fuck up. And I'm a big fan of Aiden. So that's where it was, it, it's like, dude, come on. I need more from you. And he should be eaten, man. You got Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. Chris Paul's one of the, the best fucking pick and roll point guards. He's just fucking amazing at it. He gets to his spot. He fucking... Boom. So, if he's not having an off night, but Devin Booker... Devin Booker's playing the way he's playing. He should be able to... DeAndre Aiden should be able to play off those guys all the time. And when CP3's not having a night like he normally has, then DeAndre Aiden's got to step up. Because in this league... You're not winning any games with just a superstar player. I do not care what you say. You are not. And if you want to, you want an example. Look at look at uh Los Angeles, the Lakers. They're you know they're in headlines all year and they're finally out of the headlines now because they have been eliminated. But they were never good, just because they have LeBron James and Russ and and. Anthony Davis, and I know that most of them, didn't, they didn't even play together that much. I get it. What, that's not the point. You can't just have a LeBron James, even though, you, you know, you can't just have a, some superstar. Even if he was in his prime. It doesn't matter. And LeBron plays like he's in his fucking prime, so it's not like he's slowing down by any means, so it's like you just, you know, you're not gonna have a, one guy is gonna beat a group of five guys. It's just not happening. So, when Devin Booker's looking around like, fuck, I'm the only guy really popping off like that. My, my boys aren't really kicking in. And yeah, no, I just, you gotta, you gotta step it up. DeAndre J. Ayton has to step up. He's the guy. You know, those, those other guys contributed, but Ayton's the one. I'm looking at Ayton. And he's got to step up. If CP3 is out, not out, but if he's not having the game he's supposed to have, Aiton's the guy that's got to step up, point blank, period. But, uh, and I, I thought the, the Mavs finally are getting guys stepping up. It's not just Luka. So now that these other guys are stepping up, it's like, okay, now we have a fucking series because now the Mavs are a team. Because like I said, one guy's not beating a team. So Luka's not just going to beat the Suns. But when Luka has help from... Dorian Finney-Smith, 24 points. This man went 8 for 12 from threes. When you got that on it, with him, okay, yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now you got some guys. Because Luka was 1 for 10 from three. 
He still got his 26 points. I mean, he didn't have he didn't have his dominant game that he's used to having. He didn't he didn't pop off, but he didn't need to because he had other pieces around him. His teammates stepped up. So and just I that's where that's where you got to you got to look at it and go, what This is a series now. And it shouldn't be. By no means should this series be a series. I, I really believe that. I truthfully believe that there's no reason that the Mavs should be in this. But you look at the what's going on, and you know they just they just didn't put they just allowed them to to come back in. You know these guys aren't shooting well, and nobody's stepping up. But now the Mavericks, it's the opposite end. So it's the, it's the, the polar opposites. The Suns at first, all their guys are clicking, and it's just Luca by himself basically. But now you come in and you got Brunson with eighteen. You get, uh, like I said, Finney Smith's giving you twenty four. I mean, it just you get some pieces now with with Luca, and you could get an upset. I, I see a a, ser a a scenario where the Mavs beat the Suns. For sure. But is this going to sustain? I don't think so. I think the Suns bounce back. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Chris Paul is going to have some fucking reason to pop off next next game. Uh, he, he'll have some, some ammunition. Well, it's, and, and that whole deal. That This kind of got me fired up. Uh, it's They played on Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day, so Chris Paul's got his mom, his wife, his family. And so the incident with this, what happened with Chris Paul's family, being harassed by by fans and putting hands on him. Chris Paul was very pissed. You see the video of him talking, you know, going at the, that uh, kid, saying, I, 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 you know, he was pissed. So what was his words? I'll see you after, or I'll be, I'll, I'll see you after, or something like that. So... He he was fired up, man, and with all reason. From what I from what was being said and what's out there, is um, the fan was drunk and was poking at um, CP3's wife and just kept, like was tapping on her. It was just kept telling that he's drunk. He's Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. He's just being obnoxious and. You know, she's kind of like, hey, don't do that. And it just escalates. And and I guess she had went up and, and told him, hey, stop serving this dude. And I, I don't know what needs to happen. That Obviously, those guys don't need to be there no more. But, I mean, how fucked up is it? you got to try to play a basketball game. I don't know how I would be able to focus at all. When you're trying to play a basketball game and on your fucking... Your wife and, and your mom... Are dealing with some drunk assholes in the fucking stands. Holy fuck! How, how do you even how do you even focus on playing basketball? Even though it is the NBA playoffs, big time stage, it's like how do you focus on that when you got that going on? So that's just that's just wrong. It's just wrong. The fans coming in and I don't I don't understand it. It's like we're all humans. We all are. You know, we all come from different walks of life but we, we're human beings at the end of the day we are all human beings and why that guy thought it's okay 
to treat somebody like why do we look at, at, at figures that like polarizing figures like they're not human beings i don't get that i don't understand that why people think it's okay to do that put hands on people like that it's just a downright wrong for anybody but to do that to uh on Mother's Day to to you know his mom and wife like that to any 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 woman don't put you don't do that you just you just don't fucking do that it doesn't fly with me and I I understand CP3's frustration it's wrong that he even has to deal with that and on Mother's Day the you know just enjoy the fucking game you're there for the the game are you not there for the game or did you come there thinking I'm gonna get fucking plastered and fuck with Chris Paul's wife and mom, his family. What the fuck is that? These guys are supposed to be playing basketball. They're here to entertain you. They're here to play basketball at the highest level, compete, and you get to come watch live. And that's what you're more focused on? Come on, man. Get that motherfucker out. Don't let him back. And I get, I, I, I get, you know, frustration. You know, CP3 is yelling at the kid. I don't know what the kid had anything to do with it. If he, I don't think he was the one involved. I don't know the details. If he was, then that's even that's 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 bad too. That's just come on, man. You can't. You got to set an example. You got to set an example. If he, if he's the one initiating, it, I don't. I don't think he was. I from what I had heard on um, I'd seen on uh, Kenny talking about it on. Uh, TNT after the, the game, when he had kind of described the situation, what he had heard from CP3's mom, she kind of was telling him, and he relayed that, and that's where I got that story from, you know, the drunk and all that. So, I just, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's just, it's silly. It's it's silly Zion the word. It's just fucking wrong. It really is. Watch the fucking game. Come here, watch the game. And if you can't fucking handle drinking and handle yourself, then stop fucking drinking. Seriously. If you if that's how you if that's how you act when you get fucking drunk, you tap on people and fucking you act like a jackass and when people, you know, people are trying to tell you, "Hey man, calm down. Just uh, I'm you know, this what you're doing is wrong." Where where's the what you know, where's you see the in the video, you see the the mom and the the kid. Okay, if it's the dad that was doing all this, why, why are they not telling him, hey, that's wrong? Hey, what you're doing is wrong. Anybody, somebody should somebody should have been telling him, hey, chill the fuck out, man. So it shouldn't even have got to that point. Um, it's getting uh, ridiculous, all these fans, and, and, and all the, you hear about all these incidents coming up. And racial slurs, and, you know, Russ has been dealing with this. And, you know, when it was with Russell Westbrook, oh, he's just a big baby. He's just drama queen. Now it's CP3. No, it's, it's, it's an issue. This is an issue. Fans acting like uh, they're fucking above everybody. I'm sorry, but you go to a game, you go to a game to fucking enjoy it, experience it. You don't go there to get fucking drunk. If you want to get fucking drunk and act like a fool, stay at home. Stay at home. If you're gonna if you're gonna go to a game and act like that, stay at home. Because that's wrong. If you if you don't think that's wrong, then I don't know, man. Our values don't align. But you don't put hands on nobody like that. At all. So, I, I, I don't, I don't blame CP3. I'm, I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure he's gonna 
I'm sure he probably doesn't even regret it. I wouldn't. You know, maybe he, you know, shouldn't have let him get the best of him there, but how do you not handle yourself? How do you handle yourself in this situation? I don't know how I would handle myself. I don't know how... There might have been a malice in the palace part too. If it was me, fuck, man. If I seen that in the middle of the game, I don't know when this happened. I don't know the timetable, but in the, if this is in the middle of the game, I, I'm I'm sorry. Go get them the fuck out of here. Get get him out. I, I don't need that shit. So that that, that rubbed me the wrong way, and I, I understand CP3's frustration 100. This is wrong. But as far as the game goes, the series is. Uh, Damn good series now. I don't think the games have been so great. Like tightly contested games like that. But it's the series as a whole was, was the back and forth that I didn't expect to see. So, and then that leads us into the other series that's 2-2. Two -two. The last series that's 2-2. Two -two. There's three of them. That's my Miami Heat. And, uh I'm gonna be honest, I got some concerns. I got some question marks. I just what the fuck? I thought for sure this one was wrapped up. They needed to seal this out before Embiid came back. And this might show you, this might show you where Embiid, Embiid could have won this MVP too. Because look at him without when Embiid was out, it was like, oh fuck. Now Embiid's back and it's a whole new ballgame. Whole new ballgame because they got size. The one thing I'll get I, they they have an advantage is the size. Bam's an undersized center, right? He's not a seven footer. Against Embiid, he's, Embiid's a beast, no doubt. Bam's don't get me wrong, Bam's not a beast. But what I'm saying is, Embiid is just he adds that value. He adds that size. That's where they have an advantage. I believe they have an advantage in the size, and that. I really, 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 and you know, I, you know, wanting the Heat to pull this off, obviously. But man, I, I can see a scenario right now where they take this because they're they're a new team now with Embiid. It's different, but the question is, are the other pieces going to step up? And right now, Miami is is playing. They're living and dying by the three. So just to put this in perspective, they're seven for 35 that game. They were seven for 35 shooting threes. The fact that it was even close is kind of amazing. And the only reason it was close is because Jimmy Buckets did what he did in the bubble in the finals. And it was that's why I love Jimmy. This dude will give you everything he's fucking got, man. Another, I, I love players like that. He will give you everything he's got, just like Draymond. He's he's putting it out there every second of the game. Does not care. He will not quit. He will not go away. Jimmy Buckets drops 40 bomb. Um, Bam cleaned up with 21. He, he you know it was really those two. It was him and it was him and Bam. And they weren't enough because holy fuck. James Harden was James Harden. And it was vintage James Harden. It was MVP James Harden. I was wanting to talk about it. he's lost a step. And don't get me wrong, he has lost a step. Um, um I, I really do. He's obviously he's not the MVP that he was, but holy shit. 
We got to see it. That motherfucker was not missing. <laughs> that dude was not missing. He was making some fucking tough shots, and he's just MVP. Six for ten from three. Let it up. You know, normally, lately, we've been seeing Harden. He's like, two for twelve, and he's having these off nights from, from shooting. And it's to me, it's wild how he's playing. Coming back, that was all vintage James Harden. Uh, uh, Embiid was Embiid. I think they have the advantage there. And like I said, with them going down low, they can bully him. I think Miami's got to... They got to bounce back. I think they're going to bounce back at home. Um, I just... I just, I don't know what Miami's doing. Spolz was one of the best coaches, right? Let me see. He's, 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 he's up there in the ranks of coaching. A great coach. And he'll find a way to get these guys turned around and figure it out. But they got to do it now. The pressure's all on Miami now. It's all on Miami. They're already the one seed. But not even that. They were up 2-0. And um, they just... They're the more... They're the, they're the deeper team, first of all. But that's an issue with teams like that. You're going to have these Knights. They're in a slump right now. They're just in a shooting slump. You're 7 for 35, you're in a slump as a whole team. It's just, they're just all, they're all off. And they got to get back, and they're going to have to, to tweak it out. And I think a, a change is going to have to come. They're going to have to make a change. Uh, what are they going to do with Embiid? They got to get, uh, I, I think you got to get the ball out of Embiid. And and I think you, you got to let Harden say, hey, you got to make James Harden do that again. I'm sorry, but you got to make him do that again because that's one game out of a while now. A handful of games. This whole city, you look at this series, it just. He's been there, but he's not been that. That last night, he put a fucking stamp on the game, and he took over. And Miami would not quit. They kept coming down. Jimmy was Jimmy. He comes down, and he's keeping I mean, he single-handedly was keeping these guys in the game. And the 76ers had no part of it. They're like, no, I don't. Fuck that. You're not. You're out. You're done. You lost. Harden goes up, and, you know, that last three that he hit, that dagger three that he hit, it was him all the way. He was calling for it. He's like, no, nah, set me a screen. I'm shooting. He takes the most difficult-looking shot. I was like, there ain't no way he's making that. Maybe Vintage James is making that. But he was Vintage James last night. He was MVP James Harden last night. And it, it that was scary. That was scary to see them like that. So, uh, glad glad not it's scary to see him like that to be honest because that makes me wonder oh boy maybe they keep that up i just don't know if they can and my thing is they're gonna have to shuffle miami's have to shuffle the their their rotation around they're gonna find minutes for some some guys i want to know is i think everybody's wondering where's duncan robinson where's this cat at He's, he's, he's put a stamp for himself as one of the best three-point shooters in the league. 
and you can't find minutes for him. I get it. Max Struess is playing great. Um, all, all these guys have been playing great, but they, you know they're in a slump now. Give him a shot. You know Duncan will come out and he's gonna he's gonna give you a spark. I think they they gotta rotate somebody out. Um, you know because Struess was having an off night. Um. So I, I think you got to find minutes for Duncan Robinson. I don't know why we're not. You, you can't keep that guy off the court. I know this year he kind of took a step back. You know, he's shoot, shooting around 40%, and then he shoots 37 this year. But that's still, that guy, that's like saying that. Uh, I, I know he's not Curry, but it's like saying, oh, well, Curry's having a bad night. I'm going to put him on the bench. This guy just got a five-year, $90 million contract extension. And he's, and he's played one minute. And that was in game two. What's what's going on here? That's I mean, I understand it. You got Old Depot. Old Depot had 15 points, but Old Depot didn't shoot that great. Old Depot had eight points. Eight of his points come from the uh uh the, the free throw line. So I I understand you supposed to be saying it's hard. It, I'm not gonna lie, it is hard to find Duncan Robinson uh, minutes. Well, something's got to give now. I think we see Duncan Robinson. I think we have to. I think we're going to see him. There's going to be a change. They got to get big. and But now they don't have Deadman. I believe Deadman is, is, is questionable. Um, I don't know if he's going to play. So, what what are, what are we what are we doing here, guys? You got to got to get the rotation right. So it's, it's the, the pressure is on. The pressure is on um, Miami. It's all on Miami. It is is now all on Miami, and now they're going back home. It's a they lose this, and uh oh, uh oh, they lose the home field advantage, and they have to go back to to Philly. Ooh, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go to Philly without three two. That fan base, those guys, how they're playing right now. You you gotta have this. You gotta punch back now, I believe, or it's it's gonna be too late. But don't don't ever don't ever count out Miami because they they got grit. They will they will fight to the end, and we've seen that in this game. They didn't quit. They had every they had every chance to throw in talent. So you know what these guys got us, but they didn't. And James was James, and they just closed them out, man. Just, they closed them the fuck out. So all right, that's it for the playoffs. Uh, NFL some news. So I, I want to update you guys. I had said uh, this episode I was going to start with my um, my division winners. I think we're going to push that back to next week, or at least next next episode. I think Thursday's episode we're going to we're going to dive into that. Um, just because of this fucking weekend that we had, I, I couldn't I couldn't like get myself to, to, to look away from all the fucking madness that was going on. So I'm going to have that guys. I'm going to have that for you Thursday for sure. And we're going to, I'm going to tell you right now, AFC North, NFC North is what we're going to start off with. So, uh, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the AFC North and the NFC North, how it's going to look. We're going to go through the whole entire, all the teams, break it down. My thoughts, we're going to do a big, big dive into that. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys know that um, also the, the schedule is going to be released Thursday. We found out that Thursday in the NFL schedule is the full schedule is going to be released. So they've been teasing games here and there, and then 
that the one that just got dropped is on Christmas Day. Um, Rams and Broncos. So that's the, on paper right now. You know, we're we're months away. We're we're ways away from you know anything. Things are gonna change. People are gonna the teams are gonna look different than what they are on paper now. We know that. But right now, that's a that's a banger. That's a fucking banger. That's a Christmas Merry Christmas banger. So. We'll be ex- that 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 one will be nice. I'm ready. I want to see the full schedule. I don't I don't get too hyped up about the schedules, you know. Oh, we got these guys. You know, I, I like to see who we're playing now. You know, you look at the teams, but I don't get on. Oh, Christmas Day game. It doesn't excite me because I know it's going to be different once we get there. How the teams are now going into the spring training. I mean, hell, we haven't even gotten to camp yet. Knock on wood. You hate to see it, but every year's teams injuries happen. Somebody's gonna get injured, and you don't wish on anybody. But injuries are gonna happen, and that's just a part of the game. So I don't get too excited because what the teams are now might not be what they are, and I gotta see them in action. But on paper, you know, that's a fucking star-studded matchup. That's a great game. The NFL knows what they're doing with that game. They put a great game on there. Um, two polarizing teams. You know, they they dominated the headlines and the defending champs. And the newly newly look Broncos, that who knows is winning that. I can't wait to to watch that man. That's gonna be fun. This year's gonna be fun. Um, it really is. Just from all the stuff that's this off season, I feel like this off season was, was great. With this might have been one of the best off seasons as far as like big time moves. So, but. We'll dive deep into that once the schedule, once the full schedule comes out. We'll kind of look at the games and, and check them out and give my thoughts on them. But right now, I, I don't like to look too far ahead like that because things happen. But a big, a big news though with Tom Brady. This dude stays in the fucking news, man. He's like LeBron, but I think we make him stay in the news. But this one's big. He just announced that he's going to join Fox as the lead and analyst um, at the retirement. That's huge. Uh, I never saw him as a as a booth guy. Truthfully, I never saw him as a getting in the booth kind of guy. And I think he'll, obviously he'll be great at it. His fucking knowledge, his fucking knowledge of the game, and how smart he is. It's gonna be tough for me as a Falcons fan to fucking watch that. Because Lord knows how many 28 to threes are going to be. They're going to be talking about how many times that'll be brought up. So it's like, I'm never going to want to watch a Fox game. And the Falcons are in the NFC, so they're going to be on Fox. So let's hopefully they're just, they're not good enough to ever be the lead game of, you know, the, the game of the week. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear about 28 to three anytime. You know, oh my gosh, that troll. He's a troll. So you know it's going to happen. But I think that's huge. Um, it's just his knowledge for the game. That'll be great. Now he's kind of a funny guy. I don't know the stuff that he does. Uh, I don't know. I think he'll be great at it, though. It'll be interesting. He'll be t- he's taking over for... Um, I think there's going to be the kind of the gap, you know, with Troy Aikman and... Joe Buck leaving. They're going to do um, Monday Night Football. 
Now he's going to be the lead. It's going to be a nice gap. I think I think he'll do good. Who he's going to be paired with, I don't know who he'll be paired with. It'll be interesting to see because things will get shifted, who they're going to end up putting him with and all that. But I'll tell you right now, I, I think the he'll be he'll do good. I don't know if he'll be like a Tony Romo. Cause Tony Romo's great. Oh, yeah, you know, I love watching him. He's really smart. He brings the table at CBS. He does a good job. But I just never saw it with Brady. So it's interesting. We'll see. But, you know, he's playing another year, so we'll, we got to wait a year to see see all this unfold. But he did just announce that he is going to be the leading analyst for Fox. So can't wait. I can't wait to take the booth, get it out of our division. Selfishly, as a Falcons fan, I want him out of the division. Please go away, but no. Um, it'll be great, I think, for him. Um, and we'll see what he does with it. And last little nugget I want to share with you guys, I'm going to talk about here is um, Baker Mayfield. The whole Baker Mayfield situation. So they the reported just come out and they had said, um, slim chance. That Baker Mayfield plays <clears throat> if Deshaun Watson is suspended. And I'm sure he's going to get suspended for some however many games. I don't know. I don't see him not getting a suspension of some sort, even if it is a light one. Um, but this is, they say there's a slim chance that Mayfield plays if Watson's hurt. I don't uh, why are they Why are the Browns keeping him hostage? Because they can't, they can't move him? So I, you feel bad for the guy. I do, personally. I mean, all he's done has been a, a, a spark for Cleveland. And I get it. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson. But to treat a guy like that, that just shows your true colors as an organization. To treat Baker the way he's been treated. And I know things didn't haven't been great recently. You know, as far as last season, it didn't pan out the way they wanted everything to. But he was hurt. And he's continued to play. He had that torn... It was a torn labrum in his shoulder, I believe. It's not a throwing shoulder. He played the rest of the year through it, with it. I mean, the guy gives you everything he's fucking got. He didn't look great last year, but again, like I said, he, he's hurt. Um, not an excuse, but what he's done for that franchise. I mean, it's a horror, historically just awful franchise recently. You know, they have been good since fucking Jim Brown, let's be honest. So... They're the laughing stock. Everyone makes fun of these guys. They're the laughing stock. They've always been the laughing stock. All he does is come around and change things. Gets them to the playoffs. Beats the fucking rival Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. And and this is what they're doing to him. They're not letting him leave. They're not trading him because they can't get no value out of him. Because why would they? Everybody knows you want to get rid of him. We all know your, the whole saga of what you got going on. Nobody's going to give him anything for him. So they're. I feel I feel like it's a pride thing. They're like, I'm not going to look like a jackass. Getting rid of dumping Mayfield just to dump him for nothing. And also, I don't think there's a lot of uh, openings. I don't know how many teams... A lot of teams will, would take him if he was a free agent. Teams aren't willing to, to sacrifice any picks or, or make any trades for him. Because they know. I mean, they'd be stupid to trade for Mayfield. Truthfully, I believe it. Any any team. I don't, I don't see a team that would... Why? You're going to give assets that you don't need to give up. It's just plain and simple. So they're just... I don't get it. Why are you keeping them hostage? It's just... 
he deserves better. I, I just may, Baker Mayfield deserves better than what is how he's getting treated in this situation. So I don't know. I just I like I like to see him out of Cleveland because on the outside looking in, you know, Cleveland looks like they just didn't have a good year. Is all they took a step back. They just didn't pieces weren't connecting with OBJ and you know, all these guys. It just I don't know now if he, he's, but all that, the, the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland loves him. They all love these guys. And now that you bring Deshaun Watson, he's obviously he's an upgrade. I get it. But to treat this guy the way they're, they're handling him and treating him is just, I, I, it's wrong. He's giving you everything you could ask for. The guy just doesn't quit, you know. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, Keep an eye on that. I'd like to see him out of there. I just I don't I, I just don't get why they're they're coming out and now they're saying there's a slim chance he's gonna play. So now your pride's showing, hey, I'm not gonna play him, even though he gives us the best chance of win, we're not gonna play him. Well obviously you can't play him now. You you, give, you burn that bridge. But you're gonna keep him on the team, you're gonna hold him hostage, you're gonna make him stay there and, and not do anything about it. So I don't know. Cleveland's being Cleveland. They just find ways to fuck up situations that they're doing good. So but that's where we're going to wrap things up. I, That's pretty much it. What a fucking wild weekend we had of sports. Um, just an all-around great sports weekend of stuff between UFC and, and boxing and the NBA playoffs. And, you know, I so so, so I think Thursday we're going to drop that. Uh, for sure going to drop the AFC North, NFC North. We're going to start off there. We're going North, South, East, West. So... We're gonna start off with the North, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who I like in the AFC North, top to bottom, and I'm gonna do it in the NFC. So, uh, I, both of those divisions are just a little teasy here. I, AFC North is you got a tale of two takes. I think the AFC North is one of the most one of the more competitive divisions, and the NFC North is I think one of the gonna be one of the worst divisions this year. So. We'll see there, but um, appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great day. Peace.